You're listening to War for Idiots, a podcast by idiots for idiots. So we are good to go, and um, I'll remember to mute so I don't get that feedback and start swearing again. I took the nice. swears. I, I took the swears out for the um, the audio one. You did edit. You did edit it. Yeah, I guess I did. Um, but we are live now. So hey, cool. Good. So we're live on YouTube. So if we start, you start wrangling the yep. um, children, and I'll um, I'll get a tweet out with the link. I've done one tweet. I'll do another. Um, so, would you say wrangling the children? What do you mean? Do the intro so that people can know that we're talking to them. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're officially starting recording of the podcast. I'm, is that what's happening? I don't see how this is hard. Like it's so clear. <laughs> I said wrangle the children. How does wrangling the children not indicate start the show? Here, I'm sorry. It's all me. It's all me. Okay. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, podcast listeners from around the isolated world, welcome back to another episode of War for Idiots. That is W-F-I, War for Idiots. As always, always, we are your hosts. My name is Rich the El Tonto. And I am Mick El Estupido. Yes. Yes, that is those, <laughs> those are two words uh, for idiot in Spanish. And we are indeed the idiots that you have been looking for. And today's episode is called The War on COVID-19. Two or words. The War on COVID-19? The War on COVID-19, yeah. We weren't sure whether to put a question mark in there or not. But today we're talking uh, a little bit about COVID-19. Uh, we're probably the only people in the world talking about it right now. It's a pretty uh, low-key thing. Um, and whether we talk about this as, in fact, a war setting, uh, which is something that has been uh, a bit controversial uh, over the last over the last few weeks. You just swore. <laughs> You're going to have to edit it out. <laughs> no, I'm leaving it in there. <laughs> okay. Uh, so something, you know, COVID-19, something light and bright to, uh, to help you down in these lockdown and isolated days. But before we get into the show, uh, we'd just like to thank you again for your ongoing support. Thank yep. you for supporting the new uh, vessel for delivery that we have done, which is via YouTube. So we've got a, a few listeners or watchers on that, if you will. Um, yep. Thank you for those that are leaving reviews on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, reviews have been coming in. They've all been uh, really good. Uh, and uh, I can only leave one review uh, at a time, and so there's <laughs> there's not many that I can do. And, and I, uh, I I refuse to leave uh, leave reviews for terrible. Shows. Oh really? <laughs> I, I looked at I looked at a review that I did when we started the podcast two years ago, and I think it's something like I think this is the greatest achievement humanity has ever <laughs> ever done, something like that. Anyway, oh my um, god, it's a low benchmark. Um, just low, for those people who are watching live on on uh, YouTube. Uh, Holler at us in your chat window if you're uh, if you've got some COVID COVID war stories. Yeah, um, and hopefully you know you since we spoke to you last week, you're staying safe, you're staying healthy, and your isolation and lockdown, wherever country you are in, uh, due to COVID nineteen, is going well. Speaking of well, Mick, how is your COVID lockdown going? My COVID lockdown is going well. As you can see, my beard is getting like like luscious. Wild. It's getting wild. Yeah. Um, but uh, I have made a deal with uh, with myself um, to not shave it for a while. Um, it's probably and uh, for deal, but it, I like it because what you can do if I if I do this, yeah, doesn't really change anything. 
doesn't do anything yet. Great worth it. And great pod for those that aren't seeing anything. How are you? How um, are you going? How are you going in the? Uh, in I'm doing well. Times? I'm doing well. I look forward to our weekly meeting where we get to talk about uh, all things war. Uh, I look forward to seeing you wearing the same T-shirt, which I really hope only comes out when we record. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> you are in dire straits when it comes to laundry. Um, you sound like my wife. Yep, no big deal. Um, but no, look, look, you know. It's, uh, I heard a pod, I was listening to a podcast today and someone said, you know, their theory about COVID-19 and how it's affecting people is that you're, you're at either end of the spectrum. You're either uh, in dire straits financially uh, or, or, you know, socially for what's happening or you're slightly inconvenienced by what's happening at the moment. And um, yeah. luck, luckily for me, my personal circumstances is this is a, uh, a large inconvenience on my life. Uh, you know, touch wood, that, that's a great place to be compared to where I could be. Um, and I'm, I'm really trying to look at the positives, spending so much more time with my family, so much more time with work, so much more time, you know, focusing on things. So look, I'm trying to get the positives out of it. Everything's going good. And hey, this podcast is, you know, one of the positives uh, coming out of this current situation. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm busier for work. So, um, you know, for those people that don't know what I do, I do business development and that usually involves handshaking coffee and uh, yeah. a whole heap of bullshit, really. But um, now oh, that's two swears. That's two swears. I don't think that's a swear word. I think this it's is the a, first time, time you're like off. You are off the leash with your swearing. Anyway. <laughs> and um, and so I actually thought this was going to really hurt business a bit, but it's not because um, because everyone's in the same situation, right? So everyone's embracing the you know, Zoom, Teams, yep. uh, WebEx, all these different chat uh, telecom things. So I'm actually having more meetings now, like a lot more meetings, um, which is really, really good. Um, but I'm not like getting as many coffees bought for me. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, look, and, and it, things are going to change after this. And we'll, and we'll sort of talk about that in the second half of this show. But, yeah. you know, um, and the remarkable thing is things are going to change for everyone around the world simultaneously, which, which is a very rare occurrence. Um, yeah. You know, and I can't think of another time when that has happened to humans. Because no, not everyone does daylight savings time at the same time either. So that's right. And everyone knows daylight savings ruins the curtains. Okay, so let's <laughs> let's get into the show. So what we wanted to talk about today was COVID nineteen and utilizing the analogy of war uh, oh, for COVID nineteen, saying that we are at war. So I've got a bit of a long quote here, uh, which summarizes some of the ways that this has been used uh, in a war setting. Uh, this comes from theconversation.com. Uh, it's a bit of a long one, but it, it sort of summarizes a, a lot of the different perspectives on it. So bear with me. So in Britain, Queen Elizabeth II, delivering a rare speech on the 5th of April said, and I quote, we will meet again, end quote, evoking a Second World War song. On March the 9th, Italian Prime Minister also invoked the Second World War when he used Winston Churchill's words to talk about Italy's quote, darkest hour, end quote. President Donald Trump has described himself as a, quote, wartime president, end quote, fighting against an invisible enemy. In New York, as residents face the explosion of new cases and casualties, the governor there used the war metaphor extensively during a press conference in which he said, and I quote, the soldiers in this fight are our healthcare professionals. It's the doctors, it's the nurses, it's the people who are working in the hospitals, it's the aides. We are the soldiers who are fighting this, sorry, they are the soldiers who are fighting this battle for us, end quote. The United Nations Secretary General embraced the comparison during his remarks at a G20 virtual summit on the COVID-19 pandemic where he said, and I quote, we are at war with the virus and not winning it, 
This war needs a wartime plan to fight it, end quote. And finally, journalists have also been using this metaphor. A recent headline in The Globe and Mail read, we are at war with COVID-19. We need to fight it like a war. So that is uh, a good summary, I think, of all of this war footing that's been utilised for COVID-19. Uh, some people are all on board. Uh, it annoys other people. Uh, so Mick, my, my question to you, uh, noting that uh, the dead Prussian is, is, you know, the thing that I love most about dead Prussian uh, is definitely not you, but I love this concept of you take one word and that is war and you have asked dozens and dozens coming up on hundreds of people, what does this word mean for them? And every answer is slightly different, slightly nuanced. Uh, so yeah. if there's someone who has heard many, many <laughs> definitions of this word, it's you, right? Yeah. So, uh, so I ask you, Mick, are we at war? Hey, great. Um, first time I've used the soundboard appropriately. I know, it's literally in two seasons. <laughs> finally, the timing, the timing was perfect. And it's only because I wrote in the show notes, I'm going to ask you this question. <laughs> yeah. and, and might I add, this time I read the show notes. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, but, many firsts. Um, many firsts we, we, we are not at war and I'm, uh, you know, I've, I've been a bit vocal for those. Well, I don't think you can be vocal on Twitter. Um, I've been a bit vociferous on Twitter. Because uh, there's a lot of people, and look, if you're in the hashtag meal Twitter community, uh, most of you who are watchers probably come from that community or listen to us. Um, not everything has to be has to be an analogy for you know war's not an analogy for everything, and you don't have to use military theory to try and find everything. So when people say, you know, which one is more appropriate for war, and I think you know they hold up like like Sun Tzu, and they hold up like Clausewitz, mm. or you know the good one the other night at a Canberra drink and think we talked about pandemic's effects on society. So, you know, this is Peloponnesian Wars, the Sydney's. Um, well, on war, Klaus, it's, he died in a pandemic. He's not the bloke I'm going to ask what to do in a pandemic. Because his answer, die. Peloponnesian Wars, yeah. Pericles, the great hero of the Athenians. Hey, you know, how are we going to win this war? Hang on. Excuse me why I die of plague. You know, I don't, it, that wasn't a quote, but yeah, no, I get your point. That's a that's actually a direct <laughs> quote. I think it's called the funeral oration. The funeral oration. Um, <laughs> that's why it's so good. Um, but no, we're not on. We're not at war, and, and the reason we're not at war is because war you fight against an enemy, and it's the same. Uh, you know, an enemy that has a will. A bit the same with the Australian bushfires. Everyone was like, mm. "We're at war with the with the bushfires." Like, no, because you can't appeal to the reason of a bushfire. You can't appeal to the reason of the coronavirus. Are there are there things that are similar to times of war? Yes, mm. definitely yes. Um, but are we at war with a virus? No. Uh, am I going to turn to Clausewitz to answer a problem? No. Will I turn to an epidemiologist? Will I turn to a pandemic specialist? Yes. Mm. So yeah, no. Look, so no. In short, no. It's interesting. It's an interesting perspective um, that I hadn't thought of. In the, you know, I, I look at this as two different camps: the yes camp and the no camp. Yeah. Um, and your argument is obviously for the no camp that when the enemy doesn't have a will is a, is a fascinating one. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, and, and a valid argument um, for for that purpose. But because it's the know, correct one. But you could yeah, you could argue that the will of some historical enemies now you know that that's a very broad term but from the, from the perspective of the the opposition you know let's say my enemy i could perceive that their their will is is not rational you know what i mean it's not real to me however it's still their will they're, they're still driven by something 
that they want to achieve, but that's something yeah. maybe so alien to my reality that it's not, I, I couldn't even classify it as a will. Yeah. It's as alien and as rapid and as, as, as random as potentially a virus. You know what I mean? So there's a lack of a thinking enemy that has a will, has a desire, you know, does, does it negate it straight away from it being a war with something that's, you know, it doesn't have a conscience, if you will. I, 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 I'm just not sure whether we can sort of close the door on that because of that, that sort of argument. The answer is yes, we can close the door on it. <laughs> Good episode, um, but, but what I do, what I do uh, agree with you on is that, you know, there's definitely some similarities. And, and when I look at the yes camp, you know, we are in a situation of unprecedented change uh, for, for society. And this, this change of society needs a united effort, like never before. I, you know, I'm not a smart person. Uh, uh, I'm, an idiot, I'm an idiot. Um, and, but I cannot think of anything else that has required such unification of everyone um, and, and has generated such unification. Now, I think about something that should have unification, climate change, um, if you believe it or not, the fact that the effects of it are real. Um, however, because people weren't all affected by it in, in the immediacy, they didn't do anything about it. So th this yeah. is something entirely different. So perhaps to get everyone on board, to get us oriented towards that one enemy, conscience or consciousness or not, um, this one virus, perhaps having a war footing is in the best interests of, of achieving that. And I think that's why we see, you know, leadership, uh, around the world grouping this concept of I am now a wartime leader. We need to make wartime changes and we're going towards that now. Yeah, the full of it. <laughs> Not, I don't have strong views one way or the other, but anyone in the yes camp is wrong. Um, <laughs> but, but, I'm not saying it's not understandable. Like people, t people tackle things from their experience, right? Yeah. Um, and also people label things, um, on what they think they are. So a lot of the people using the war analogy yeah. uh, may not have an idea or experience of war, uh, or a lot of people who saying we want to fight, uh, we're going to fight this enemy may have only a, you know, majority of their lifetime experience in planning and dealing in war. Um, so it's not, I'm not saying it's not understandable, but I'm just saying, you know, you gotta be really cautious because if you want, um, if you want someone like uh, this guy, uh, there to tell you about war. Which guy, where? That guy oh, there. Boom. If you want him to tell you about war, now that's classics for those people who don't know. He's probably the, the best looking man there's ever been. Um, and, you know, well, the best looking man there's ever been that gets his wife to write his book because she's smarter than him. Um, mm. But, you know, pick, pick your battles. Like, there's nothing in his book that's going to help you in the current situation. Um, and if you say there is, you're reaching, right? You're really, really reaching. Mm, okay. um, but that's not to say he's not relevant for the times right now because national security issues and war, which he studied, hasn't gone away because of COVID. So I guess some of my frustration about seeing these discussions about, um, you know, are we at war with COVID? And all this no, we're not. But look at our last episode and the example of uh, the USS Theodore Roosevelt. Mm. We still could be actually fighting an actual war. Uh, the war is yeah. still a problem. Um, so, you know, let the let the resources for war be allocated to war and let the resources for pandemics be allocated to pandemics. And it's about prioritising those at the moment. And, and I get it. I think the Australian Defence Force is doing an amazing job supporting the civilian community um, with mm. the contact tracing and everything. Um, that's a great example of where you have capability to support 
in 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 times of prioritisation. Um, but that doesn't mean they're the best people to do it, and that's why Australia, for a particular, as an example, they're supporting the the authorities. They're supporting police. They're supporting medical. They're supporting contact tracing. They're not leading it because it's not a war. They're not fighting. Anyway, I've ranted too much and I've gone over the show notes, so I'll, uh, I'll let you crack on. Oh, wait. No, look, um, it's... If you want to see Pericles, I'll just let everyone have a look at Pericles. Uh, where is he? Also, you know, not a bad looking bloke. Mm. Not, not very good at uh, dealing with uh, plagues. No, no. Just, but interestingly yeah. enough, if you look at the experience then, um, mm. percentage-wise and demographically, I learned this the other night when we were talking in the drinking thing. The world uh, of Pericles, the world of uh, Clausewitz, they experienced much more death and destruction from pandemics on a percentage scale than what we're going to see. We'll see more total yep. numbers. In terms of dense in populations, dense in demographics, it won't be as heavy a cost. Yep. But interestingly enough, I think, Rich, this is going to affect us more than it affected those societies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, the world's going to change. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah the world's going to change. Um, and, and we're going to get onto that in a minute. Um, but look, just to just to sort of finish up on on this, are we at war? Sort of question. Look, I think it's an important question for people like us, for people like the, the our listeners, because we talk about war. Our three, um, watch, our and, three watches. We've got three. And our three, <laughs> three watches, because we talk about war, and I think we need to start asking ourselves. Oh, don't no 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 wrong mess wrong wrong message. <laughs> um, and we talk about war so much, and, and what does it mean? Well, look, let, let's let's look at this from a war setting. We need a united effort towards a common enemy, okay, in a war setting. We need to focus towards common goal. We need to have a strategy, which was, of course, flattening the curve. Uh, so that is a, a strategy can be tied to war. If we don't win this battle against coronavirus, there are dire consequences. And this is probably something that's quite unique to this global threat at the moment is everyone faces sort of things every day. Yeah, climate change, the world's gonna collapse, but you know, or is it, there's people arguing about it. There's not much argument out there that if we don't get this right, uh, there's gonna be dire consequences. And yeah. people, feel, people feel threatened. People don't feel safe. People don't have confidence that they're in a safe place. And, and to me, this is best personified when you went out and bought all the toilet paper at your local shops, right? As in you specifically, Mick, I know you did it. Um, why were people buying toilet paper? And why was the entire world buying toilet paper at once? Uh, because it was the only thing people knew that they could do that still gave them control of the situation is just just buy buy something you know what I mean yeah, and start right. start stop it, it's the only thing that I mean it's the only thing that made you feel safe it's the only thing you had control over because it was such a weird situation that was developing yeah. for everyone at the same time which, which is unprecedented so this is a very war like I'm not going to say that based off my experience but it just seems so different that yeah. perhaps saying that we are at war does unify everyone towards yeah. a common purpose. I mean, I mean, it's, it's a useful analogy in terms of mobilizing society. And I get that. Um, awesome segue. There was a hoarder of TP and hand sanitizer in Australia. They hoarded yeah. 132 eight packs or something of toilet yep. paper, yeah. 151 yeah. litre size hand sanitizers. They've now realized, I spent $10,000 on hand sanitizers and that. eBay just went, sorry, buddy, you're not selling them here. He went back yeah. to the supermarket and said, I'd like to return all this. And the supermarket yeah. owner went, literally did that. I saw that. Um, so I yeah, stuck yeah, up my yeah. finger, ladies and gents, um, which I think is an actual really good response because the, the supermarket said, no, 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 we're all in this together. And your decision was yeah. to try and take advantage of us all. So I get it, Rich. I, I, I think it's a great uh, analogy to try and mobilize society. Yeah. 
Uh, are we in the no camp yet? Or uh, we're kind of done. No, let's, yeah, well, look, I mean, the no camp, the no camp was all about talking about um, war theory, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Clausewitz Trinity. Does Clausewitz Trinity, is that something that relates to COVID-19? Well, I really, you know, and anything we're about to say, I think you've kind of trumped with, yeah. Hey, look, you can make anything suit COVID-19 if you reach far enough. You know what I mean? You can, yeah. you can make it anything fit. But there's a certain point when you're reaching so far that its relevance uh, and, it's, and the purpose of, of tying it in is, is no longer there. You're reaching for the sake of reaching. Yeah, and uh, you're why are you why are you and, and so what's the purpose? So, um, so you know, for me, I, I, I'm not sold either way. Um, anything, in my humble opinion, anything that brings us to think about this as a society globally, um, I think that's really positive. But, but I'll cover an article that I stumbled across, and apologies if that author is listening to this because I'm not going to uh, say your name because I, I didn't write it down. Um, but he was talking about COVID-19 and having this war footing. What's uh, the uh, article called? Uh, I cannot remember. Um, is, that, and, is it Conversation? What's the title of it? I'll bring uh, it up. No, 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 no. I can't remember the article. But essentially, his point was that it's not a good thing to be t speaking about this in a war footing. Um, because at the end of the day, what is going to happen is that it's going to make countries go incredibly insular. Isolationists. Um, and we're going to look at protectionism. And if, if you don't know what protectionism in protectionism is, protectionism is the uh, taxing, restricting of foreign uh, trade uh, for the sake of uh, your own sort of sovereign prosperity. Um, and that this is not going to be a good thing for the future. However, this is something that we, we could be going towards, which is what we're yeah. going to cover in a minute. So because we go on a war footing, because we say there's nothing more important than my backyard, my backyard is the people around me, and, and that is us. Let's close our borders, not let anyone in and focus on that. May not be the best thing going forward. Well, yeah, I mean, in Australia, we've, uh, you know, a lot of people have had to leave, right? Um, you know, uh, foreign... Um people who uh you know geez that sounded really um really xenophobic uh, you know not you foreigners no but what i mean is um people here on temporary work visas and that in the agricultural industry they've had to go right because they've got they've got no way of making money um so they've had yeah. to go home um that's now affecting our agricultural industry because we don't yeah. have the labor force to do it yeah. um so you know it's a really valid point like some of these measures once you once you apply them uh, and you apply them in a, in a mentality that you would, you know, in, in conflict, times of conflict, they're really hard to roll back. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like even, you know, we've got social media apps from the government now that will, that will track your data to see if you've gone near anyone with COVID. That's really good, but where's, what's happening with that data? And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And being a civil libertarian myself, um, don't do that, people, or at least give me access to your data. <laughs> um, this leads very well to the next next point that we're going to talk about, and that is the future. Oh, so, so say don't give Mick your data. So what 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 I don't recommend you do is give Mick your data. What I also don't recommend you do is Google how does COVID nineteen end, because I haven't found something that says, "Hey, all good." <laughs> you know, so we're good. We're good. It's oh, yeah. um. I, I saw a good post from uh, Ian Bone. He's a martial artist up in town. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know him. Yeah. Um, he, he started off with saying, I don't want to hear about um, vaccines. And I was like, what? He's not an idiot. He's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy, good guy, and you know, a believer in science. Uh, yeah. But what he was actually saying is... Um, no, it's you know, fine. Let, no, let's, sorry. Let, let's, 
he was, but he's saying, uh, <laughs> he's, he's saying get in the gym, start training people. No, what he was saying is, you know, let's, let's work on making lives positive now. Yeah. Let's, that's, that's, that's so let's not Google how does this end out ends with a vaccine. Great. When's that coming? Uh, might be a while. Like, you know, yeah. think of the practical aspects so that we can get to that future and we can vision that future. Yeah, right. absolutely. Let's go uh, on your thoughts. So look, so let's talk about the future of war. And, and I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a thought out there, not very well developed, and, and I'm interested in what you think about it. But I was kind of thinking about what what is the what is post-COVID-19 war look like? What does post-COVID-19 warfare look like? What does post-COVID-19 geopolitics looks like? And 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 you know, th this sort of comes back to the the concept that we spoke about of war and whether it's a, a an apt um, analogy or not. So I think I think we, we we discussed in one of our previous podcasts from season one that war, um, the classification of war, mm. uh, you know, is, is something that's interesting. Whether you, you do it or don't, you know, it's something that exists and people do it. Could um, even build a podcast around it. You you possibly could. Um, and now, so war, but we agree war exists on a spectrum, right? And, and, and I truly believe that COVID nineteen has placed a new marker in this spectrum of war and, oh, and warfare. Right. I didn't know you were going to say that. Oh my so, so there is an extreme high end of this, which is your high end conflict. I think um, you're extremely high right now, but keep going. Thank you very much. Your world wars. And then I think there's your, your other end of the conflict, which is your uh, humanitarian disaster relief, your stability operations, and potentially your, your support to domestic policing oh, gotcha. assistance, not, right? The not war stuff. But not the war stuff, but, but it's still on the spectrum. It's still the government's use of its military. You're on the spectrum. <laughs> for for the sake of its own sort of purposes. And I think yeah. pandemic support, which is essentially a health emergency, has now extended this spectrum for what militaries will be expected to do around the world. I, I, yeah. I truly believe that. I think bushfires for an Australian, purely Australian perspective, is something that will also be seen uh, to be something that's within our, uh, the remit of the military now. Yeah. But, but, but my point is, when we think about the war in the future, when we think about warfare, militaries in the future post-COVID, this shift, this extension of the spectrum, if you will, this shift will not come without cost. Because I think this will, this, anytime you make that spectrum wider, you're asking the same people to specialise in a wider degree of things. So yeah, this, won't, right. this won't be free. And I think that it's going to lead to something which I would like to do another podcast on. I haven't spoken to you about it. Um, it's COVID related, but it's more I'm, about... I mean... Okay, done. Uh, more about geopolitics. You son of a bitch, I mean... <laughs> but I think that's three swears. Um, but I think that what we're going to have is we're going to have nations who are, who, who are going to be very protectionists who are going to be very isolationist uh, and they're going to want their militaries to support that. I think the days of sending your military and expeditionary operations for the sake of interests are, are fairly limited, if not now gone. It's going to be about protecting the homeland and protecting the land that's connected to it and just the near region. I really think that's going to be where we go post COVID because uh, we are products of what the nation wants you know we are a democratic society the nation wants to look after itself right now and, and there's not many nations out there that don't want to do that and the military will reflect that military spending military advancements what we buy in the future and how we train in the future will be focused on that yeah now my issue my issue comes up now is what if your country is not a democratic country what if what the people want is but not part what if your country is not but my that, country is a democratic country. not you rhetorical question right oh. um so there's going to be countries out there whose people don't get a vote in what is the future of their advancement and now 
we might be going into a future post COVID of hyper competition, but the, the sides are a little, you know, could be some countries are tying one hand behind their back and the other one is seeing it as opportunity. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Hyper I'll competition. Uh, I'll, ask, like it. I'll ask your uh, opinion on the future of war, warfare, militaries post COVID. Uh, but that could be a segue to another thing where I'd love to talk about another time. Yeah, Geopol- I think so. Geopolitics post COVID-19. Let's do that. Let's lock that one in, Eddie. Um, and if you're not Australian and you haven't seen our, if you want to be a millionaire, you won't get that. That was just weird. Yeah. Um, but look, I really like the, um, the point you're making about uh, extending the specialization spectrum for a group of generalist forces, um, because that's essentially what you're doing. And, and where does it stop? Uh, what do you do when it comes to using your military in support of domestic powers and you know if protecting the national interest has changed to you know uh only use a you know the the word combating climate change or um protecting and defending against pandemics Mm. um you know how do you structure your forces for that and what what do you leave off what is the mission of your military Mm. what is the mission of your uh, first responders and emergency services what are the what are the missions of your policing agencies your border protection agencies um, and I think what we're seeing is a lot of Western countries don't really know how to uh, properly and adequately resource a lot of their agencies in a way that can meet the challenges, except their militaries always seem to be well-resourced, right? And like everyone in the military will say, no, we're not, we're not as well-resourced as we need to be. Try being in some of those other agencies and see how you go. Mm. And I think that's a really important point because if the spectrum is increasing and the role of the military is broadening, um, what happens to those other services? How do they get resourced? Do they become purely a leadership uh, and um, and expertise role with with you know using the military as a labour force, or does it turn around the other way? You know, militaries are very good at commanding large amounts of resources and people. Do they command it? Yeah teams of specialists from other agencies, um, which is what we what we see a lot of. Um, you know, and, and when we do our climate change episode, yes, ladies and gentlemen, we're also going to do a, a, the war on climate change, um, question mark, um, waiting for episode. Um, because, you know, in Australia this year with the bushfires, there was massive calls to better resource the military to be able to combat the bushfires. Hang on. How about we better resource firefighters to combat yeah. you know, bushfires? Um, and then still have the military prepared to support logistically as they did. Um, and, you know, in Australia, I think the, um, the ADF did a cracking job as well. Uh, that's my completely unbiased opinion as well. Um, I think it's interesting, Richie, especially when you talk about the geopolitics. Um, if, if militaries are shifting and look, oh, I, you know, as I said before, I work in defence industry. Please don't shift spending. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like my job. Um, but... Um, yeah, if mil- militaries are broadening, if they're, if they're shifting, who's going to take advantage of that? One really interesting thing I learned today, Richie, was that a lot of Pacific Island nations don't have COVID. Yep. So a lot of the countries that are getting creamed by climate change, uh, rising sea levels, yep. they've got a little bit of an opportunity to turn around and just say, oh, is this how it feels? Oh, really? Is this what it's like when you've got an existential threat? Um, not that any of them would do that. They're probably a bit more magnanimous than I am. Yeah, um, they could probably say that word better too. Um, a good word. But it's interesting how you know the roles are changing, and if you, you know, if you're not a democratic nation, if it's if it's one person's decision, where does the exploitation happen? And, you know, there's a few leaders around the world that uh, you know you or our listeners probably all assume are sitting back and just having a 
a little quiet chuckle to themselves going, it's going to be so easy to clean up after this. Not not literally clean up, but you know what I mean? If you yeah, don't know what I mean, a, go away. It could be an opportunity um, no, for, yeah. for other people. And, and we may not see it as that because, you know, we not everyone sees the world the same way. Yeah. Um, you know, not it, everyone wants to, wants to take advantage of... Uh, you know, uh, misfortune of others. You know, it's not always taking advantage of adversity. It's taking advantage of the misfortune of people. Um, the, you so know, the, the don't be a dick rule. I can't, uh, you know, I know, you, I know your answer to this next question I'm going to ask you, um, but as I was going through and, and thinking about all this sort of stuff today and I was like, what's, what's COVID going to do to the military? And I know I mean the military that I'm familiar with. I mean, the concept of having a military, right? Mm. Uh, why a nation has a military? What is COVID going to do to that? Because it's going to affect the entire world. And I think um, the point I was trying to make is that every military is going to be affected differently because every country is going to come out of this with their own political setting, with their own policy settings, uh, and then their militaries will represent that. What do you know? What's in each nation's best interest and their priorities? Um, and it's all going to look slightly different. Um, hmm. is, is a prediction. And I came to the question: um, Is COVID nineteen going to generate a revolution in military affairs? Now, RMA is a very uh, controversial term. Uh, there's many, many different arguments whether it exists, when it has happened, when it hasn't happened. We don't have to deep dive it here. In fact, that could be another uh, episode that we do in the future. Yeah, let's do let's do an RMA episode as well, man. This is yeah, good, for, for let's sure. Just, let's just have a planning session instead. You know, people are yeah. watching this live. Yeah, people <laughs> people don't listen to us to listen to us. They want to listen to us talk about what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, no, but rhetorical question or question uh, for another time is. Would, is COVID-19 a catalyst for an RMA that we will see in the future? Um, I don't know the answer. Uh, obviously, no one knows the answer, but, you know. I, I do. I, okay. okay. Good. Yes and no. <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but look, that, RMA, uh, fascinating topic. And, uh, yeah, another idea for an episode in the future. So yeah, look, I mean, that's often connected um, to technological advancements, and we're seeing a fair bit of that. Um, with COVID-19, you know, we've got car factories, you know, quickly, rapidly um, changing themselves into being like, not like transformers, but that would be wicked, actually, if your car just transformed into a ventilator. Um, yeah, but, you know, no, we've got no. Facebook building, building single use ventilators. Facebook, you know, yeah, their, their normal day job is spying on people and now they're building ventilators. Well, look, I mean... RMA, RMA, you know, the, the base theory of it has always been based on technology or some sort of uh, organisational recommendation for systematic change. Yep. Um, before there was a pandemic of a world that is so hyper-globalised, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe the very concept of a revolution in military affairs has changed as a result yeah. of what's happening around the world. Revolution you know, in I, social affairs, done, boom, dropped it. <laughs> You're welcome, Australia. I don't want to. Um, I don't want to dramatise uh, what's happening. It's just. It's just a thought, um, and I think it's. It's a, a, an interesting time because, as I said in the in the last podcast, it might have been the first one for season two. Um, the COVID has forced me to see everything differently. I can't watch shows uh, from pre-COVID as as I did before because I'm like, well, that that wouldn't happen now. That's, has, it, that's, has, that gone, has it gone to your eyes? Yeah, I think it's spreading to my eyes. But like, I can't watch uh, The Walking Dead because I'm just like, that's 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 currently what it looks like out in the street. You, you know what I you know what I can watch? 
Doomsday Preppers, and uh, I've been watching that for a lot. <laughs> I've been watching it for a long time, and I love that show. And uh, yeah. yeah, you've always been a fan of that stuff. It's it's just originally I loved it because I was like, look at these crazies, and now I'm just taking notes. I'm like, okay, <laughs> just, just, I need to start producing my own water. So I've got um, I've got like a I've got like um the cyclone kit from like when we left. Oh, I I remember you know? I remember you tweeting about it. Yeah, yeah. So now my, you know, like for those people that have never lived in cyclone prone areas, you kind of have like a trunk or some packs or some bags to go to an emergency shelter if you need to. Um, during the bushfires, I said to my wife, I'm lucky we've still got the stuff for the cyclone kit. I'll get a cyclone kit together. And she's like, it's a fires kit. It's now known as our COVID kit. And uh, we are like the worst doomsday preppers ever. But just having lived through, you know, some of those sorts of places, you, you start to pick up like prepper tendencies. And that's really yeah, yeah, scary, yeah. really scary, because now I've started growing a beard. Ah, yeah, yeah. And like yeah. people know where this goes if you've seen a preppers show. Um, yeah. I'm going to start talking weird soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm talking, talking about, about the guns. Talking about what the government's doing. Yeah, I'm yeah. worried, man. Keep what, an eye on me. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you. It looks like your tin hat's fallen off your head, mate. You need to check that back on. <laughs> All right, let's fin- let's finish this up. So, look, um, we we wanted to talk about COVID uh, nineteen today. We wanted to talk about it from a, a a war footing, and also sort of talk about the ramifications for the practitioners or not practitioners, the those that like to study and think about and talk about war, which is us. And um, and, and in summary, um, I think it's safe to say that you know never in our history has there been something that has transcended across the entire spectrum of society. You know, every single person in the world is affected by this and mm. dealing with it quite differently. Yeah. Um, Every, everyone. Right. And, and now everyone should be interested in things like climate change uh, and the environment. Which is um, getting better because no one's out polluting. Ironically, yes, getting better. But but not, not everyone was because they weren't affected by it. This yeah. is different. Everyone is affected by it. And, and for that reason, we're all kind of connected now uh, through a, a, a unified sort of means. You know, something's happening. Um, and as a result... Things are going to be different. And, you know, we, we were speaking before we started, the world entered COVID-19 looking a certain way. The world is going to exit COVID-19 looking vastly different to, yeah. to when it entered. Now, if you just talk about the economics of the world, which is something I want to talk about when we go into the geopolitics, because I, I failed Economics 1 Bravo uh, back when we were studying together. I feel like I need some redemption. <laughs> I didn't um, even attempt it, man. I think I took four. Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, but... Uh, but, you know, the, the economy, everyone's economy is going to take, the world's economy is going to take a long time to recover. But, but you cannot have things like that without affecting what is this concept of war, how do people fight, why people fight, and whether we look at the current footing as a war footing to unify that effort. And I think it's a, a worthy thing to be asking people. Um, and there's so many uh, people relating individual experiences in lockdown with wartime experiences, which I know you've been quite vocal on social media about as oh, well. Oh, mate. And something that I do back you, I don't want to, I don't want to ignite a fire. <laughs> I can see you stroking, <laughs> angrily stroking, stroking your beard. No, but I agree. Like, which the, yeah, and I'll just, I'll just butt in here because that's what I've been doing on Twitter. So, like, I get it. I get it that military people want to equate this with their life experiences of being in patrol bases and being in isolation and all that. And that is great take that experience and help your neighbors and yeah, use yeah. that experience of being isolated or cut off from the world in a compassionate way. What really annoys me is people saying, well, I did as a, I did as a trained soldier. I, I lived in adverse conditions overseas and now people are being asked to stay at home and they're whinging like snowflakes. 
man, how does that help anyone? Like, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I completely agree. I, I think people that have experienced isolated hardships uh, have a unique experience that they should share. They shouldn't use their personal experiences to, to stomp on someone else who's struggling with the experience, which, you know, objectively or subjectively uh, may seem less hard than what your experience was yeah, instead okay. of instead of instead of using that to hit someone with a stick uh use it to educate other people and you know if you have to say we're a war again to to make it happen then go for it but you, we should be using that knowledge to help each other out and, and i'm going to show i'm just going to show something because uh, i'm going to show a photo of when i was going through isolation and hardships compared to what i look like now going through isolation and hardships um i don't know if you can see it. can you see it yet uh it should be a photo of me no, nothing's come up yet oh there you go what about now Whoa, look at that dude. I look happier there than I do now. I look healthier than yeah, I do yeah. now. So uh, I wish yeah. I wish I'd remembered a few tips, but um yeah, I just you know, just uh, as you said, Richie, it's about it's about getting through this together and uh you can definitely can you, benefit the world. Can you please put that photo on Facebook and we have a caption competition? <laughs> and uh I think that'd be pretty funny. Did yeah. you say camera <laughs> that's great photo that's a great photo the good thing is like I've, you know you, you you're mates with fuss i cut him out of the photo which is good oh really yeah there you go. yeah he looked better than me so i was like no. like he looked he looks like an operator I look like, I look like the staff officer that they let out of it look how clean i am you know like yeah not hard not hard all right well, look, uh, we hope you have enjoyed uh, tonight's or today's or whenever you're listening to this episode um, of A World at War, Are We at War with COVID-19? Hopefully you took away something um, and uh, you can sort of have the, uh, the discussion about war and uh, how it relates to COVID-19. Uh, my wife came in here while I was finishing up the notes. Uh, she just added a point down there. She wanted me to say, now wash your, ha- wash your hands, you animals. Thanks. Just think that's Thank a, you. A, she thinks we have a she thinks we have a platform and we should tell people to wash their hands. No, it's good. Um, um, so stay the f home. Yeah. Now, uh, Mick, let's talk about social media. Cool. So, social media was invented uh, in the eighteen thirties. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. It was the eighteen forties. That's it. That's your first funny joke of this podcast. That's no, right. look, man. Uh, not, not this. Not this episode. All of us. <laughs> Yeah, um, so Facebook, uh, just search War for Idiots and you'll find the Facebook page. I could tell you the Earl, but nope. Um, just, just look on it uh, on the Facebook page. Type War for Idiots. We're the only idiots on there. I'm not the only idiots on Facebook, actually. There's you know, the guy who invented this idiot. Um, individual Twitter pages. Uh, there is Richie at Richie underscore triple T. Okay. Uh, make sure you follow him. Give him a heap of shout outs. He's got a picture of Big Carl. So it's not mm. hard. That good looking Prussian bloke I showed earlier in the evening. Um, follow me. Have a chat. Uh, I do get a bit bolshy and punchy every now and then at Mick <laughs> underscore Cook. So um, don't shy away from a bit of a, a bit of a discussion. I do love a bit. We of a are we are so polar opposites on social media. <laughs> yeah. I am the biggest fence sitter in the world, <laughs> yeah. and you are you are punching for the. For Look, the- I'll, I'll I'll either love you or I'll hate you on Twitter. I generally don't <laughs> go either way, um, but that's okay because that's what it's for. It's to, it's to teach us yeah, how not good. to have social manners. It's good. It's what's you know it's a safe platform to have as long as they're healthy intellectual debates, which yours are, you know, trending towards. Yeah, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there eventually. <laughs> hey, um, as Richie said, um, go leave us a review that doesn't have the initials RT under it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, if you do that, I'll stop leaving us one of our reviews. Um, 
17 reviews now. Please, please, the more you leave uh, reviews, yeah. the better it is. Um, I actually don't know where we sit on the charts. I'll see if I can find out for next week. Um, I know my other show is doing quite well, uh, and I don't know why I haven't released an episode since we've released this show. Um, because you, and you, and you should take up so much time. Um, <laughs> I'm just... I'm just strapped for time, man. I just haven't had any home time lately. Um, and also, <laughs> listeners, please, uh, please get our merch. So, Richie and I are still thinking about uh, whether or not we change our logo. Would love your thoughts on whether or not you think mm. we need to rebrand the show. Um, mm. We kind of like the name, but if you've got a better name, let us know. Mm. Uh, that means that the merchandise that is available, <sighs> has been available for a few years. Becomes is, rare. It's becoming very rare and exclusive. Yeah. Um, which it's means it's going to be a massive price hike. <laughs> <laughs> so therefore you want it. Um, yeah. So if you go to the deadprussian.com, click on store and I'll take you to our store over at Zazzle and you'll be able to buy your own t-shirt and mugs. And we have men's t-shirts, women's t-shirts and mugs. Now I wanted to do underwear, but I haven't talked about that with, uh, with Richie yet. And so if there is a demand for underwear, please jump on Twitter and let us know. You can have your own wolf idiots jocks. Um, mm. That's it for the business spiel. Good one. All right. Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. And until next time, this is Rich. And this is Mick. And until next time, just remember that we may be idiots. But so are you. Especially you. War for Idiots is a TDP production. All opinions expressed by individuals on the podcast are those of the individual and not necessarily representative of any other organisation. The music used during War for Idiots is Fireworks by Jazar and is used under an attribution share alike 3.0 international licence.